You are listening to the MZBC Students Greenhouse Podcast. For more information about Mount Zion Baptist Church, go to mzbc.net slash students or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MZBC Students. Most of us, I mean, no, not most, all, all of us, we, we understand that there is a direct correlation um, between certain things. All right, like you get this. Tell that kid that's sitting next to you to be quiet. Tell him you'll talk to him in a minute. Tell him you love him. Actually, don't. Just tell him to be quiet. All right, so all of us, like we get that there's a direct correlation between some stuff. Like at least there's supposed to be. Like when you study, there's supposed to be a direct correlation between you studying and your grades, right? Like if you study, you're supposed to get better grades. Some of you are like, Dude, I study all the time, and I'm just, I mean, I'm barely, it doesn't matter how much I study, it's still not happening. Well, well you know, we'll pray for you. It'll be fine. Like, like if, you, if you practice, like if, you're, if, you're, if you do a thing, you have to practice, which almost all of you do. If you practice, like the intention, you, like you, you, the reason you practice is because you, you think that practice makes you better. Right? Like that's, that's, they're supposed to, and if you don't practice, then you just don't get better. It's this direct correlation. It's this cause and effect thing, or if you study, you get, you get smarter. If you, if you practice, you get better. And if you don't do those things, you don't. Like if you forget Valentine's Day and you're dating someone or somebody, you know, you're like three months in and Valentine's Day rolls around a couple of weeks. It's two weeks, by the way. You're welcome. Um, and uh, you got this awesome date planned because it's greenhouse and uh, like you're coming because it's, that's weird. Like, isn't it kind of weird we're having greenhouse on Valentine's Day? I'll just tell all of you I love you. It'll be good. Anyway, but if you forget Valentine's Day and you don't do anything for your little special somebody, you get dumped. Like, that's just, there's a direct correlation between how, like, you understand this. Like, you're not, you wouldn't be surprised at all. Like, yeah, I deserve that. <laughs> you're right. Good call. Hope you find somebody better than me. I mean, that's, that's the way we get it. There's a direct correlation between our behaviors and certain outcomes. Except, except sometimes in our faith. Like, if you're a Christian in the room, like, like we, we get so many of these direct correlations, these cause and effects, we understand it. Except when it comes to our faith, sometimes we just completely forget that there's a direct correlation between certain behaviors and certain outcomes. Tonight, we're going to focus on one of these things, because like, we're, we're doing this series called Knowable, that, that God himself is knowable. And if he, had, if he is knowable, then he's made himself knowable primarily through his word. And, 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 and maybe you don't know this. Maybe you don't know this. But what I'm trying to, what I want you to walk away with tonight, if you don't, if you forget everything else, I want you to know this. There's a direct correlation with, with how well you know the Word of God, how much time you're spending in the Word of God, with the health of your relationship with God. There's a direct correlation. Like the amount of time and the quality of investment that you're making in the Bible is directly proportional to the health of your relationship with God. Like if you, completely, if you completely abandon the word of God, like you're not spending time with it, you're never studying, you're never memorizing, you're never investing yourself in the word of God, your faith is going to be anemic. It is going to be weak. It is going to be dry. And if you're spending time in the word of God, it's the best predictor of a strong relationship with God. It's not, it's not, it's not guaranteed. Same as, you know, if you study wrong for a test, it's not going to work out. Like that's not, it's not guaranteed, but like it's the best, there's, 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 just a, there's a direct correlation between your time with God and your relationship with God. And somehow we get that, we get that wrong in our minds where we're going to be just fine. I can completely, I can completely um, 
just not engage at all with the word of God and somehow my relationship with God's going to be okay. That's not true. Listen, listen, if, if, if your relationship with God is lifeless, if your relationship with God is dry, if it is inconsequential, if you come ask me about that, the very first thing I'm going to ask you is, okay, how's your time in the word? And you know what? Ten out of ten times when somebody comes and tells me that and I say, tell me about how your time in the word is, um, ten out of ten times they're like, man, I haven't spent time in God's word in months, years, ever. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Listen, so, so if, if God is knowable and he has made him, it, okay, this, this shouldn't be lost on us. This eternal God that exists outside of time, that can't be bound by like physics and stuff, okay? Like this eternal God gave you a book. Is that not nuts? Like he existed, like created a thing called time and put stuff in it. Like that God gave you a book. Ha! <laughs> you know? Like when, when celebrities give like audio, autobiography, audio that's not what it's called, autobiographies or like a tell-all book, people buy it, you know, because you want this like behind the scenes look at that person's life. And I, I want to know what weird junky people were doing. I mean, you do. If somebody, if somebody that's like, a, like a, a, an important, you know, celebrity kind of person writes a book like that, you want to you know what's in there because you want to see him behind the curtain. God gave you a book. And in 2 Timothy, he said it's everything you need, like, so that, that you will be fully equipped for every good work. It says it is breathed out by God, like, like the content of this leather-bound thingy that, that most of you have, or if you have that app, all right, the content of an app is exhaled by God. How much time have you spent with it recently? The eternal, all-knowing, all-powerful, pre-existent, post-existent, like, like the God who is before all things, before all days, the God who is worthy of your worship, um, breathed out this. And it says that, that, it, that it's profitable. Not only does he just like write you a you know, note or something, it says he, he, it's breathed out by God. It is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That the, the man of God or the messenger of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. How crazy is it that this God made himself knowable in a book? He like gave you a manual, all right? And it's everything that you need to know about God. It's in, it's in there. On top of that, if you're a Christian, think about this. If you're a Christian and you've trusted your eternity to Jesus, then, then, then that, that's a significant statement. Because the message that you've trusted your eternity to is, is contained in the Bible, the, the Word of God. So you've trusted your eternity to the Word of God, like, like, like what the message in this book is. You've said, I believe this so wholeheartedly that I'm willing to trust my eternity to the message of this book. Do you read it? If it's worth trusting your eternity to, it's probably worth you knowing. Fair? It probably shouldn't just like get curled up and weird looking in your back seat of your car. It probably shouldn't just be like your cup holder for your cup of water on your nightstand. If it's worth trusting your eternity to, you should 
probably spend some time with it. You should probably know it. You should probably love it. You should probably study it. You should probably memorize it, right? Doesn't that make sense? Listen, we've got to be people who are committed to the word of God because the course of your life, the depth of your faith, the extent to which you know him is entirely dependent on how much time you spend with the word of God. God was explicit with, with the nation of Israel. Like in the Old Testament, God, like, God was explicit with the nation of Israel that this was the case, like that, that so many things were going to hang on whether or not they knew and abided in and, and obeyed his word, that it was all going to kind of hang in the balance. And, and what they did with the word of God was going to dictate how things went for them, if they were going to live for his glory or if they were going to fall away. Maybe three times in the Old Testament, twice in Deuteronomy and, and, and once in Numbers, it repeats this same chunk of, of, of words, and it's called the Shema, all right? And it's this, it's, it's this kind of like foundational picture of, of, of what followers of God are called to, and, and it focuses a lot on what you're supposed to do with the Word of God. And this is what it says, Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord our God, love, your, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, and with all of your soul, and with all of your might. And these words that I command you this day shall be upon your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your kids. You'll talk of them while you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You'll tie them as signs on your hand and as frontlets between your eyes. You'll write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. That's the Shema. It says it three times in the Old Testament. You're going to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. And these words are going to be on your heart. You're going to teach them to your kids. You're going to talk about them in your house. You're going to talk about them when you're walking around. You're going to talk about them when you're lying down. You're going to talk about them when you get up in the morning. You're going to bind them on your hands. You're going to bind them on your face. Like a little, there's a frontlet. There's this box. They would like strap it on their head like a headband, all right? Like you're going to put it on your face. You're going to write it on your doorposts and on your gates and on your, you know, trapper keeper. Uh, you know, like, that's, what, that's, that's the intention here. That God is saying, look, you're going to love me and you're going to know deeply my word. Like, I, I, he basically it's this picture of immersing yourself in the word of God. You ever go, like, I, I, I like going to the Mag Springs swimming pool. I don't live in Mag Springs, um, but like some of you do, and I just count it. <laughs> I got, there's probably rules or something. So, you know, I borrow our music minister's pool pass, and, you know, he's 60 years old, and uh, we look the same. So um, I take the pool pass, and me and my family go swimming at Mag Springs because my neighborhood ain't got no pool. And, um, and so, you know, you get there, and, if you, you know, you've been to a pool, right? And so you, it, it's always colder than you think it's going to be. You know, I don't know why it's always so cold, but whatever. And, and so what I normally do you know, I stick my foot in there. I do the thing where you, you kind of do one of these just to test it, right? It's always too cold. And you're like, kids, get in. Daddy's going <laughs> to read a book over here, right? Like, you're going to be fine. And so and eventually, you know, there's like the, the kids area. You can walk around. It's like ankle deep. And then, and then I'll, I'll make my way over to the steps. The steps is a good place for me at a swimming pool because I've done enough swimming in my life, and I'm done with that. And, and so I like to sit on the steps because on the steps, you can, you can um, easily manage the depth that you're swimming or not swimming, right? But you kind of look like you're still in the pool and you're not a weirdo. Like, it looks weird if you sit on the side of the pool and dangle your feet in. Like, you're just like a creeper or something. But if you're on the steps, it's okay, you know? It's, it's like a lower commitment level. But, it, yeah, I like that. That's where I sit. I sit on the steps. It's a, it's a whole, it takes a lot of commitment for me to, to make that move 
move, you know, where you've been kind of sitting with steps and you're like, your leg is like acclimated to the cold. And you're like, I really should get in this pool. And you have to like, like psych yourself up, you know, right on three, you know, on three, you're on jump. And when you jump, you don't jump in neck deep. It's a terrible choice. You don't do that mess. Like you, if you're going to go, you go, you got to get your whole head on. Like you got to be underwater swimming deep. All right. And so you count to three and you jump off the steps and you go underwater. You're like, oh, that's awful. Why don't we do this? And then you come back up. Like, okay. And then you're, you're all right. I think a lot of us, we, 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 we approach the word of God like this where we say, you know, we're going we're gonna to just kind of splash around in a little bit. You know, I know John 3.16 and Romans 8.28 and, and maybe. And I've got a couple little verses and, you know, I found something on Pinterest. So that was cute. And so I repinned that. Uh, pen, you know, and it was good, right? And, and I've, that's, you know, I'm sticking my foot in the water scripture. A lot of us, we, we hang out on the steps, you know, or I'm, I'm you know, uh, you on Disciple Now, we write those little quiet time stuff for you. Maybe every once in a while you'll crack your Bible open, you'll do this thing where you're like, let him give his cheek to the one who strikes and let him be filled with insults. Sweet. You know, like, I read my Bible today. <laughs> Some dude's going to be filled with insults. It's going to be great. You know? Check. We're just hanging out on steps. But God's inviting us to, like, immerse ourselves in the word of God, to, like, swim down deep, to swim deep down into the word of God, and to, 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 to like, fully experience what he's calling it is. It's not, it's not, hey, I want you to splash around and know a couple of verses. I want you to know this thing. I, it says, says your word, like, the words I command you today, they're going to be on your heart. And so this, this passage, the, the Shema, really has got four sections to it. And the first one is that, that you and I, we've got to be people who put the word of God in our hearts. All right? That's like, if you're taking, you should take notes. Write something down, okay? It, the first thing that this thing's pointing out, you've got to put the word of God in your heart. How does the word of God get in your heart? Lightning? Like, how, do, how, how, does, how does it get in there? It's not a parasite. Like, you put it there. It's a, you memorize it, all right? Like, you're studying Scripture enough that, that there's a, a lot of Scripture, hopefully, that you're getting used to enough that you can remember, like, you know, that's kind of the gist of it. But there should be some passages, a lot of passages, hopefully, that you're memorizing. You're putting them into your heart. You say, Britton, man, I, I'm just not that smart, dude. I can't, I can't memorize. I'm not good at it. How many rap songs do you know? Yeah. So you're a liar. Point made. <laughs> We're just moving on, right? There's, you know, I, I was back there uh, Googling in the sound booth. Do you know the average word count in a song last year? 436. You know how many words were in the Shema that I just recited for you? 113. You can do this. You can do this. I'm telling you, you can do this. I don't, like the dumbest person in the room, you're like, Phew. like you can do this, okay? You can do it. And you should. It says, you're, you're, these words I'm giving you today, they're going to be on your heart. Here's, it's, a diff, like, it's been said so many times. That the, the, listen, this is, this is huge. Listen, I don't want you to miss this. That the vocabulary of the Holy Spirit is the scripture that you've memorized. Think about that. Like the, the Holy Spirit of God dwells inside of you. And, and like the, when you memorize scripture, the like Holy Spirit uses it and like brings it to the forefront, brings it to the tip of your tongue when it's most necessary. And so when you go through terrible things and you have no idea what God has to say about it, that's because you're starving your heart of the word of God. I want to be at a point in my life when, when 
when I'm going through great things, when I'm going through terrible things, the Holy Spirit is able to use that Rolodex of Scripture I've put into my heart to bring things to the forefront of my mind consistently. So I can speak in the life of others, so God can speak into my life, and so I will literally be equipped for whatever comes, for every good work by the Word of God. Are you memorizing Scripture? For most of you, that's a hard no. Fix it. You know a bunch of rap songs. You can memorize Scripture too. All right, so the second thing is this. we got to be able to explain the word. It's verse 7. It says, you shall teach them diligently to your children. Like, brother, I don't got any kids. Good. I, I, you're doing a great job. Like, you're not supposed to. But you do have people in your life that look up to you, right? There's some people that, that, that are watching that look up to you that, that they, don't know, they don't know Jesus, but they, they know you. And, and since you know Jesus, like, you're all they got. And there's going to be situations that come up when they, when they ask you, man, how, how, how would you deal with it? Like, this is what's going on in my family. Like, there's going to be times when, when you are called on to, to bring something up. And if you don't have anything to bring up, then, then that's a problem. We should be people who know the word of God well enough that we can, we can explain it. It says, well, yeah, teach it diligently to your children. The principle there is that you have to be able to teach it. That you should be investing yourself in the word of God as much as you can to the point that you can explain it well. Can you do that? Do you know it? Can you explain it? Are you growing in your understanding of it? If not, you've got some work to do. Third, it is, it's, just basically the, it's just talking about the word constantly. Very few people do that. I know very few, I bump into very few people who just consistently talk about their faith, who, who bring up scripture in a not weird way in the, in the flow of conversation, who don't choke on Jesus' name. You ever feel that? Like when, like when there's, a, there's a moment when you want to say something about Jesus and you're like, there's power in that name. And, and there's, there's just, when you're not used to talking about him, when you're not used to talking about scripture, it's not a part of your normal daily conversation. You try to bring it up and something, in your, just, something just hangs in your throat and you don't get it out. Have you felt that? There's something about it. Like we should just love the Lord enough that we're talking about it. But there's also a disciplineness to this. To this too, or we 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 consistent. We're 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 striving to talk about our faith. Just talk about it when you're sitting in your house. Like so, like you spend a lot of time at school, more time at school almost than you do at your house. So there's you should be talking about it at school and on like on your sport team. Like you says when you're when you walk by the way, when you're just walking around doing whatever. Like you like you should be. It should come up in conversation. And you should be pushing it to come up. We bring it up because it matters. Some of you have your pet thing that you, you love. Tristan loves mountain biking. I can't, go, I can't go hardly a week at Greenhouse without talking to Tristan about bikes because he and I like mountain biking, so we talk about bikes. It just comes up, all right? You like Jesus. <laughs> you should talk about Jesus. I can't go five feet without telling somebody about coffee. I mean, I just can't, right? We should, be, we should talk constantly, consistently about our faith, specifically with the word of God. And if you're not studying the word of God, you ain't got nothing to say. All right? So we gotta, we got to put it in our heart. we got to be able to explain it. we got to talk about it constantly. And then, then you just got to, you've got to find ways to remember it throughout the day. We all forget. You get, you get busy, don't you? Hang in there with me. Hang in there. Like, you, you forget. You forget the passage that you had in your mind or that thing, that, you know, that couple of verses you read before you went to school, like you, you forget. So how can you not forget? What are, what are some practical ways for you not to forget? Like in the Shema, three times in the Old Testament, it's saying, tie it on your hand. Tie it to your face. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of drastic, but that probably worked. You get a face tattoo, 
like right there. You ain't going to forget that passage. Go and tell them, go and tell your parents, Britain told you to get a face tattoo of scripture. It'll be weird, man, but you're not going to forget it, right? Like, we, should probably, we could probably back down from that. That's probably a little extreme. We should maybe crank it back down to like a seven on the scale there. But like, that's what it's saying. Like, tie it on your hand. Put it on your face. Write it on the doorframe of your house and on your gate. You know what the doorframe and the gate thing is about? It's saying like, when, you, when you're entering your home, that doorframe, when you're entering you're going to see it. And when you, when you turn back around and you're leaving for the day, there's that gate that you're going to open. And on that gate, on the way out into the world, so on the way into your home, on the way out into the world, you're seeing Scripture. What are the, door for, what are the doorposts of your house and gates of, of your world? If you've got a car, there's a door on that car. And every time you get out of that car, you're stepping out into the world. How can, how can there be something reminding you of, of Scripture on, on the way out? Like, this is where you get to be creative. And you're creative people. You feel like, like some of you are like, man, I'm going to build an app, and it's going to like tweet me seven times. Like, well, I don't care what your deal is. Like, how how creative can you be in 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 not forgetting? Because we all forget. And so, so like this, our four, like we got to put it in our heart. We got to be able to explain it. We got to be able to talk about it, and we've got to be able to remember, because all of us are prone to forget. Why why would we do all this? Like, I, I, I'm I'm not at all motivated by rules, you guys. I'm I'm just not. Um, I'm just kind of a rule breaker by nature. So when somebody just tells me to do something, I don't buy it. I don't care. So when somebody just like this was kind of how I grew up. People just said, "I mean, you, you just got to You got to you got to study scripture." Why? Because it's scripture. You're supposed to. And I, like, that doesn't doesn't resonate with me. So so why am I being so emphatic about this? Why why is this worth your time? Why is this worth the effort to you? Because simply put, the Word of God gives life, and you want life. That's why you're here. The word of God gives life. You want life. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is, this is it's, it's, not, it's, it's not hard. It, it really, the, I think the most beautiful way that I remember in Scripture that it puts it is in, is in Psalm 1. In Psalm 1, it says that, that blessed is the, the man who, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffer. But, but instead, his delight is in the law. That's, that's the word of God, the law of the Lord. And on that law, he meditates. Like, that just means resting in and just ruminating on and thinking over. On, on his law, he meditates day and night. It says that person, the one who's meditating on the, on the word of God day and night, that person, verse 3, is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. Its leaf does not wither. And all that person does, he prospers. The wicked aren't so. They're like chaff that the wind drives away. It gives these two pictures. This chaff that's blown away by the wind, a plant that dies and just, you know, turns into dust or whatever. Or this tree planted by a stream that's got all the water it could possibly use and it's just bearing fruit and it doesn't wither and it's just good. Like, like me and Jessica, um, I think apparently one of our hobbies is buying plants and killing them. We think it's funny. I don't, like we, we, uh, we bought some ferns recently. We just bought them, set them on the porch. We're like, good luck and never watered them once. It's January now. We probably bought those bad boys in July. So you should come to my front porch and check out my ferns. The other day, Jessica's like, hey, do ferns come back? Not after that. They don't, baby. <laughs> we killed them good that time. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, no. Like, and so, so, so in a very real way here, like if, if your fate is a lot like my ferns, 
And your faith has, has, has gone through a season where it started to wither. And, and like your relationship with God looked kind of withery and eh, it's not really what I want it to be, but it's, it's not strong. It's not, you know, falling apart yet, but it's, you know. And then it, then it gets kind of crispy, you know, where it's, you've, you've, you've starved yourself for, for the life-giving water of the word of God for so long that it starts to get a little bit crispy. And it gets to the point where it's just falling apart. If that's you, stop starving yourself of the water of the word of God. Plant yourself by the stream of the word of God and you are going to flourish. But if you continue, if you continue to starve yourself of the word of God, um, your faith's going to fall apart. The natural correlation to this, it's just cause and effect. The word of God gives life. And if you're robbing yourself of the word of God, your faith's going to fall apart. So if your faith is dry, if your faith is ragged, if your faith is wilted, then my very first question is, How's your time in the Word of God? And the answer, I already know it. You don't even have to talk to me. The answer is not good. And so in just a second, I'm going to pray, and you're going you're to go um, to your small groups, and you guys are going to talk about this. You're going to talk about, you know, why people make the choice to starve themselves of the Word of God, and then you're going to try to come up with some stuff together to do something about it. Because another thing that happens is, you, is as I talk to people who have no idea where to start, so hopefully in your groups you can figure out some places to start. Okay, let me pray for you and you go into your groups. Father, we love you. We're thankful that somehow um, you, <laughs> you and your infinites like gave us a book. Um, like you breathed out this, this, this Bible for us. And God, we're thankful. Um, but we also confess that we spend uh, far too little time with it. We've invested ourselves um, as little as possible in some cases. So um, my prayer is that we would be people who would love you enough and love your word enough to put it on our hearts. It's your sons we pray. Amen.